everybody. This is our third episode. Today we will be reading Genesis chapter 3 and talking about the fall when sin entered the world. I'm here with my brother, Zachary Sutton, and we are going to be talking about it. So first I'm going to read chapter 3. The fall. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals and the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God said, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for fruit, for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed thick leaves together make coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But Lord God said, But the Lord God said to the man, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Remember, guys, this is the only law that God had made at this time. The only thing that they told, that God told them was, you cannot eat from this tree. And they disobeyed. The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is it? What is this you have done? The Lord said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So Lord God said to the serpents, Because you have done this, Cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put an enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. So he cursed the snake. To the woman, he said, I will make your pains of childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground of you. Cursed is the ground because of you. Though painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam Adam named his wife Eve. 
because she would become the mother of all living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become one like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat it and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the garden of Eden to work from the garden, work from the ground from which he had t- been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden, Jerubim, and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. Yeah, so that was really good. Okay, so, um, let's go over it. Um, in the beginning it says that there was a serpent, and it tricked, it tricked, um, Eve, right? It tricked Eve into eating from the fruit, and that was the only, the only law that God had made, the only thing that God had said, you know, you cannot do this, and they disobeyed, and that brought sin into the world. So today we're going to be talking about sin, and not necessarily about sin, but about what happened, you know, and how that's part of God's plan. So we know that sin has entered the world because we read that, right? You guys might not have known that before, that sin was brought into the world by people. It's not just something that has always existed. God made this perfect creation. He made the world. He made everything in it and everything on it, and then people kind of messed it up. So, let's talk about that. So, what happened was the serpent tricked Eve, and Eve fell for it. Eve gave the fruit to Adam, and then when that happened, they their eyes were open, right? Their eyes were open to how God saw the world. There was evil and there was good. Before, they were naked, right? We read about that yesterday. It says, Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. That's Genesis 2.25. So in chapter 3, the minute that they saw the world, God, like how God saw it, they were like, oh my gosh, I'm like naked and I have shame, you know, like, and so they made clothing. And after that, after God had found out that they had done that, he was angry. And so he cursed them. And he, you have to remember that before this, there was no pain, there was no suffering, there was no death, like we talked about yesterday, and so it's very interesting to see how people, you know, spoiled God's creation, um, so, yeah, so the other thing that I wanted to mention was God had, and I didn't know this until, a little while ago when I was reading something about the Bible. And it had mentioned that God was the one who, I believe, made the first death. He actually killed some type of animal and he made that covering. He made, where does it say it? Um, let's see. Okay, it says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. 
and it says it says that that basically God was the first one who killed something and he was the first one who made something. He was he is the one who created all of us and he has the power to take all of that away. And we have to remember how powerful God is. So the point of what I'm trying to say is that God was the first one to kill uh, kill something that he made. He killed some type of animal or maybe he didn't. He just made some type of skin. It doesn't quite say. But I'm assuming here that he killed an animal and, you know, maybe an antelope or something. And he used that skin and he used it as a covering and also for shelter. Because initially, when they realized that they were naked, they used fig leaves. And God was like, that's not going to do. So he used skin of an animal and um, he covered them. So that was interesting to see. Um, Zachary, do you have anything to say? Fun fact. Figs are actually just wasp babies inside of them. Did you know that? Okay, now back to the Bible. You can <laughs> learn everything about that in Wikipedia and all that. No, like, okay. And now back to the Bible. Um, so basically, when you, um, like, disobey God, there will be consequences mm-hmm. no matter what. Sure. And, like, so, say Tim, this is a complete, like, scenario. Tim broke his cookie jar of his mother's, Delilah, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, he broke it, he lied, he didn't say anything about it, he felt shame, he was a happy little boy, and he felt shame for the first time. And... So, he didn't tell him, and then it got even worse, because they didn't tell. And, not saying if you told God everything would be perfect, and we would still be in Eden, but... Mm -hmm. So, basically, if you tell about your thing, it might just get a little bit better, but it won't be completely gone all the time. Yeah, that's something that our parents definitely enforced, like, not enforced, but, like, they, they ingrained into our mind growing up and obviously we're still growing up because we're kids but like um growing up like we were definitely told like if you make a mistake or you lie or something instead of just keeping it a secret until somebody finds out which literally everybody will it it will eventually be found out and if it's not found out here on earth god will find out god knows and um but that's a whole nother thing but our parents always would tell us that, um, you know, if you just tell us initially, it's so much better. Like, there's less consequences than if you keep it a secret and we find out ourselves. Like, you know, one time, um, I had painted my nails, right? And growing up, I was supposed to do my homework and stuff before I painted my nails. I had to have permission. And I always go painting my nails. I still do. And one time, I painted my nails by myself, and my parents had left me alone, and I thought they weren't going to find out. I don't know what I was thinking, because uh, it's kind of apparent, you know, when your fingers are, like, green or blue. (laughs) But I thought that I would hide it from them, and they wouldn't find out. And I didn't tell them, but they obviously knew, and they were kind of waiting for me to tell them, and I didn't tell them. And then they came to me, and they're like, Mackenzie, why didn't you say anything um, and I was like, oh, well, you know, I thought I was going to get in trouble. And of course, I did get in trouble, but if I had told them initially, 
I wouldn't have gotten in as much tr- as much trouble, you know. So we need to be honest about our sins. And even if it's difficult, the enemy wants us to keep it inside. When we let things out, he's like, oh my gosh, you know, I actually did this. Like he doesn't want that. He doesn't want other people to know how bad he is. He wants people to live in their sins and walk inside. And so that's what we need to do every day. Is we need to like, open ourselves up. Yeah, Zach, what? So basically, like, the evil, giant, bad boss of the video game, if you know what I mean. So he always wants, almost like Darth Vader. Mm. I, sorry for the Star Wars reference, but no. I love Star Wars. No. And, um... To, to all those Star Wars fans out there that's listening to this, they're also trying to be Christians. So basically, Darth Vader is like this, like out. You'll you'll learn a lot about it on if you go in the internet and all that. But the, the the scenario is, Darth Vader is this big bad person, and he wants to see bad things happen. Yeah. And same with um. Um, not God, <laughs> so let me, um, Satan, mm-hmm. same as Satan, except the thing about Darth Vader, he's mortal, and he's not gonna change, right. Satan's made- always gonna be bad, yeah, and he's made up, it's not like with the enemy, where Satan is, is in everything, just like how God is, you know, Darth Vader is something that's made up, but Zach, that's a really good analogy, that's true, and, he wants us to fail. He wants us to trip up, and he doesn't want us to show glory to God, and that's what we need to do. We need to do that. And the other thing I learned a while ago was when Satan tricks us or when we fall into his trap, which we do, we just need to fall. We need to get up. But when we do that and we say, you know, this is what he did, that's what he wants. We're congratulating. We're giving him what he wants. So acknowledging it but not living in it. You know, acknowledging, oh, I messed up and, you know, this is what happened, but not, you know, saying good job. So that's something that we need to do is when we say, you know, oh, this bad thing happened or I messed up or I sinned, you know, that's what God, that's what he wants. Don't give him what he wants. That's not, that's not the right thing to do. We need to give God what he wants. God wants our attention. God wants our time. He wants our love. As my pastor once said. Nick, if you're listening to this, Nick Hawk from yes. CBC. He's amazing. He's amazing. Uh, anyway, um, he says, um, God wants our heart's affection, mind's attention, and something else that I don't remember, but along the lines of those, mm. that basically you need to, like, give your, if, if you haven't already, give your life to God, you need to, and you still need to give God what he wants, even it's not... I know this now, but I didn't know when I gave my life to God mm-hmm. um, that actually Jesus and God because they're the same thing. And so basically, you need to give God what He wants. It's, it's you're basically signing this contract. So I know if I'm rambling on, but no, um, you're not. Keep going. Okay, so basically, you sign this X and then the line and then you sign this thing and then you're saying, God, I will give you what you want and try it as much as I can. Mm-hmm. All, all he wants us to do is try. Yes. And actually do it. But if we're just running away from him, like dad, like your father is chasing you, like your father on earth is chasing you and trying to get you into the bath when you're four. Um, <laughs> and um, 
he's just trying to get you in the right way, but G- um, Jesus is the same way. He's just like that big brother that wants to help too. And then Satan is that, and then Satan is that like little thing, um, that little wire that's on the carpet and you want you to trip and he's, and the wire shocks you. And then that's what God's trying to do. He's trying to protect you from getting that wire. That is perfect, Zachary. That was amazing. That was an amazing analogy. Like that had so many layers to it. You're absolutely right. Satan is that wire that he wants us to trip up and fall. And we will trip. We will fall. That's part of human nature. But the key is to get up. Our pastor, Pastor Ed, Ed Newton, he is an insane, amazing guy. I love him. He's changing my life for the better. And um, if you guys ever want to know what church we're going to we're going to community bible church they have yeah they have it online and you can look it up and it is unlike anything you will ever ever see anyway he told me he told us multiple times and this is one of his things as he says the only time you ever help you the only time you ever look down on somebody is when you're helping them up and that is so true we need somebody to pull us up not only does the father want to pull us up, but we need people around us, you know? We need we need fellowship like we well, talked about yesterday. Once God picks you up and he's that, like, father that wants to put you in the bath, the bath mm-hmm. is the baptism in the holy water. Yeah. And um, he just wants you to, um, he just wants you to get into the holy water and wash yourself from the the, the, the dirt, the nails, the, um, tonight, uh, the Tourette's, I mean, not the Tourette's. Not Tourette's. Um, um, the, the rusty nail thing. Oh, um, I don't know. If if any of you know what I'm talking about, that's what it is. Oh, the tetanus. Ru- tetanus. <laughs> yes. That. Oh, my goodness. Um, anyway, um, so all those bad things that could happen if you don't go in the bath of the holy water. That's what God wants you, to pick you up and hold you in his arms like Simba, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And just wants you to show you to the whole world and say, I have a son again. Yeah. And like a daughter, a, 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 a person that I can like, like believe that they're going to like listen to what I say. Not help me because I can just snap them out of existence like Thanos and whatnot. And yeah. God doesn't need our help. We need him. Mm-hmm. That's he the just thing wants that to, he just wants me. us to like know that we need him and know that Absolutely. he can just pull, he can just snap. The tug of war thing between us and Satan and just destroy everything, like right. But he doesn't because he knows that we need something to keep us going. To and him. then God is just a person that help, like that older person that just helps pull you. Sorry for the bump. Um, and holding you and just pulling you and defeating Satan. That's what Jesus is wanting to do. Yes, that is that is completely correct, Zachary. That that was amazing. That was so good. Yes, this is true. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay, so we learned a lot today. We learned about the fall. We learned about how Adam and Eve brought sin into the world. And we learned about how we need to run to the Father every single day. And Satan wants us to just not only fall down, but he wants us to just keep saying like keep laying down he wants us to just lay there in our sin and just rot and that is not what jesus has for us that's not what god's plan is for us so we need to run to god every single day no matter how hard it is and use god's strength you know 
there's no way for us to do things by ourselves. If we had to do everything out of our own will, I mean, that would be impossible. I honestly don't know how people who don't believe, people who don't know Christ, do it. How they have that strength every day. Um, Before I was a believer, you know, and that was only two years ago. Before I was a believer, I had to use every part of my being, every will, everything that I had, and go off of my own strength. And now that I know Jesus Christ, I can go off of his strength, you know. I can just have him hold me and have him and, and know at the end of the day, if something does go wrong, it's part of God's plan, right? And I'm not saying that people who don't believe is not part of God's plan. It is. Every single thing and every part of the world is part of God's plan. It's amazing how interconnected everything is. But what I am saying is that when you do have Christ in your life, you have that that safety net, if you will. You know, you have that, okay, if I fall, I know God will hold me. I know God will protect me. He has me. He has me in his arms. And you just have to give in. You just have to take that fall. you up into the holy water. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Because he's that loving father that just wants you to not break the cookie jar and, <laughs> like, let the Pandora box of sin into the world and then you step on the glass and he cries and he cries and then you and ask he loves us so much and he, he wants to us. pick out the, the glass out of our feet and get him hurt so he can help us oh you know what so i actually went to this thing called beach camp like about a week ago and it was amazing and the guy who talked was happened to be the pastor at my church that i go to pastor ed newton he is amazing um i know i already talked about him but he really is he's just so full of jesus and so on fire for god but one thing one second and if you want to know more about ed newton just go to cbcglobal.com yes so yes you're absolutely right so one thing that he mentioned and this is a really good analogy and then we're going to be done for today he said that when his little girl, when his his daughter was a little girl, he had gone to a baseball game and his friends have get, had given the little girl um, bubble gum, right? And obviously this kid is like maybe four or five. I'm not sure. But she's little, right? And she doesn't know how to chew gum. And she's like in the back seat, right? And dad and Newton is driving home from this baseball game. And the kid has bubble gum in her mouth. And she blows this big bubble, and it pops all over her face. And he's driving in the moment, and he knows that sound. He's like, oh, no, what have I done? And it's like that that really bubbly bubble gum, like the pink stuff. Um, like, bubble. Yeah, double bubble or hubba bubba or whatever it is. And it pops on her face, and it's everywhere. It's on her face, her eyes, her hair. Me. Yeah, and so it's on everything on her face. And he pulls over. And he finds a gas station, right? And he sits her, he goes in the, the the bathroom and he sits her on the counter. And he obviously is a new parent at this time. I think this is his first kid um, or second, his second kid. And he's a new parent and he doesn't know how to get the gum off of her face, right? And so he gets a paper towel. <laughs> this is so funny. He gets a paper towel and he wets it and he takes little pieces of the bubble gum and it doesn't do anything because the the gum sticks to the the wet paper towel and so eventually he gives up and he he sits there and he picks off little pieces of her face 
just imagine you having them on your face and your father coming over and just picking off little pieces. Little pieces of that sticky gum that's all over your face. And he he made that analogy and it was kind of like um kind of like what God does to us. You know, we have the sin, the sticky gum all over our bodies, and God sits there and he picks it off one by one, one by one, and he picks it off and he puts it on himself. He puts that gum on himself. That's what Jesus did to us when he was on the cross. That's what he died for us. That's why he died for our sins. Think of like a magnet. Um, think of a magnet. God, I mean, God is this magnet. He's tr- he's turning on the magnet mode, the electromagnetic mood, uh, ma- mode, if you know what I'm talking about, science people out there. <laughs> science people. <laughs> um, so basically he turns on the the magnet and he um he um turns it on and he sucks up all the the black iron and that's saying in sin and he's putting it on himself instead of you just rolling in and crying yeah that's really good zach that's really really good that's absolutely right so whatever analogy you want to use at the end of the day it's one simple thing god has died god has made the world right and i'm going to try and simplify this and there's a lot of parts that i'm going to miss but God made the world, right? People messed it up. And Jesus came to the earth. He was perfect and he loved all of us and he never made a mistake. He was like, he, w- he would die, right? He did die. He died for all of us. Even if there was only one person, he would die just for you. Whoever's listening to this right now, whoever's listening to this today, you need to know how much God loves you. He loves you so much. I don't even have words for how much he loves you. And um Yeah, so so you you need to to understand that. And so God God died for us, right? And when he died, he was just like that guy. He's just like the father, the the dad Ed Newton who had the bubble gum off the girl's face and was sticking it on himself. He picked off a piece and he put it on himself. Picked off a piece and put it on himself. So that's exactly what Jesus did to us. Um, and he took that sticky, nasty gum off of us. And, you know, he, he, he helped us. So, um, yeah. So that's all for today. As always, I love you. God loves you. God bless you. Amen.